Hello everyone and welcome back to Nine Lives episode 17. Can you believe it? Crazy. I hope everyone's had a gorgeous week and a wonderful Halloween. However you celebrated last week, I'd love to see all your costumes. I'm sure I will have seen them by now. So last week we spoke all about discipline, uh, temperance and all those wonderful things. And this week we're going to kind of do the opposite, which feels uh, very fitting for me because I am, you know, I mean, we are not rigid as human beings. We are made of so many different parts and so many different ideas. And I think it's important to explore all of them and become a human being who holds their own beliefs about life. So today we're going to be talking about a much requested topic, intuitive movement and eating. Um, which is a big one. And then we're going to delve into some health and fitness industry myths because every single day I see something online that I don't believe in and is complete bullshit. And I think we're going to dispel some of those today. So before I delve into this episode, I want to say I am not a dietitian or nutritionist. I'm only a personal trainer. And this is me talking anecdotally about my story in finding uh, food freedom and recovery. However, everybody's story looks completely different and uh, will have a different ending, a different beginning and a different middle. So really important that we find what works for us. We talk to the relevant professionals um, and ask for help when we need it. So what is intuitive eating? Intuitive eating is... Uh, eating away from diets. So you're freeing your mind from the diet mentality. Um, you're obeying your hunger, so you know your hunger cues. You're not depriving yourself of foods or food groups that you enjoy. Uh, you're letting go of the food police. So, you know, there's no such thing as bad foods, uh, which I'll go into later. You're learning your fullness levels. So this is a big one, is like your fullness cues and knowing when it's time to stop eating and you've had enough and you're satiated engulfing yourself in the overall experience of eating meaning being present when you eat so for me that looks like you know having my lunch away from my desk and really indulging and enjoying the food and loving the food for what it is find ways to comfort yourself without using food big one love and respect your body exercise and move, recognize the importance of your health. So these are the 10 principles of intuitive eating, which I agree with all wholeheartedly. I love the 10 principles. Um, and for me, intuitive movement and eating is something that I do every single day. Um, it's how I've lived my life and how I've been on this journey and why it took me a little bit longer, but why I think it's really sticking is because I don't have food rules um, and I, I don't have training rules. Now, that being said, I'm going to kind of go into why this works for me and why this might not work for other people um, and how I'm able to action this while also achieving my goals. So let's imagine that you're on the sea. Okay, you're a ship on the sea or I'm a ship on the sea. Okay, and let's take my destination as like a little island, a little tropical island. Okay, and you're on the ship on the sea and you know what your goal is. So my goal is um, I want to deadlift 50 kilos. Okay, that's what's on that island. Right. Um, okay, well, let's say it's more than that. Deadlift 50 kilos, um, lose a bit of weight feel really good, all of that stuff. I'm on a fitness journey, but that's my main goals. That's on the island. I'm on the boat. 
So the way that I see intuitive movement and intuitive eating is that the sea is your life, okay? And sometimes it's going to be really, really still and sometimes it's going to be really, really choppy. And there are going to be periods where you're being really, you know, pushed around in the waves on the boat and it's going to feel really out of control and like you don't know what's going on and there's a job emergency, there's a family emergency, life is going crazy, but you're in the boat and you're just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Trying to hold on for dear life, right? But you know that you're sailing towards that island. So that goal remains steadfast. And then some months and some days, the sea is very still, okay? And it's so easy and you're just plowing through it. You're going so fast, you feel so powerful. The wind is behind you, everything's aligning. You're just going for it. You're going towards your goals, right? Intuitive movement and intuitive eating for me allows me to have goals that I'm working towards but navigate the choppy seas of my life. So if we take, for example, the last month, September was crazy. September I ran my first ultramarathon. I ran a half marathon PB. I was mashing it, okay? Life was really still. Everything felt really good with work, with family, with friends, with everything. Everything was aligning and just, I was like, wow, I'm just smashing through this. I feel great. You know, I'm eating enough. I'm, I'm feeling really well. I'm all of this stuff. October has been more stressful. <laughs> October. October, there's been a lot going on, okay? Fitness has had to take a back seat. I've, I haven't been training really regularly at all. Um, I've been getting it in where I can. I've been waking up and I've been listening to my body. I've been saying, what do you need today? What do you need? Do you need a run? Do you want a lift? Do you need to rest? Do you want a bath? Do you need to cry? <laughs> what are we doing today? The intuitive way of living and the intuitive way of training, and this is something that not only I do within running, there's a lot of ultramarathon athletes, including Courtney DeWalter, all hail, all praise, um, who also trains intuitively. She, she listens to her body and she lets it dictate her training session for the day. Now, taking it back to the metaphor here. If you know what your goal is, you're still going to be going towards it regardless of what you do on each day. Now, this seems a little bit more complicated, possibly to people who aren't trainers and are not advanced. So the one thing I will say is that for me to have this like loosey-goosey free way of being like, oh, I'll just do 10 miles today, man, um, or whatever it be. Of course, I'm saying this from a place of I am advanced in my fitness. I have been on a fitness journey for over three years now and I have a good baseline of fitness, a knowledge of nutrition and a really good handle on myself, how I'm feeling, what I need, what I need to get to these goals. I have non-negotiables in my life so if I am really you know it's race season and I know I've got something coming up there'll be non-negotiable sessions that I put into my diary that I know I'm sorry Cassia but on Saturday you have to run 30 kilometers I'm so sorry. And sometimes I wake up and I don't feel like it, but unfortunately that's a non-negotiable day. So that's going to be less of an intuitive thing. However, everything else around it, if we take my training block in France, for example, I was waking up and thinking, okay, I've got a selection of different activities that I know that I can do, but I'm going to choose the one that I really feel like doing that day. This helps so much with adhering to a plan and getting to your goal. If you set yourself an absolutely mental, rigid training program where it's like, okay, you've got to be hitting 10 miles on Monday, seven miles on Tuesday, strength on Wednesday, lower body on Thursday, this on Friday, that, and it has to be that every day. Okay, what if your car breaks down and you can't get to the gym? 
oh, oh, oh my God, freaking out, can't do it. I've, I've messed up my split. It's all in the toilet. It's all going downhill. Okay, car's broken down, no problem. Take it to the garage when I can, get a mechanic out. Let me just go inside, grab my trainers. You know what I'm gonna do? I just fancy 5K around the park, man. I'm a little stressed. I'm gonna listen to some classical. I'm gonna let it go. <sighs> okay, I've got my movement in. Brilliant, wonderful, intuitive, lovely. Come home, eat what I feel like eating. You know, refuel. We'll get, in, get onto food later. Um, that way you feel like, and I said this in the previous episode, your lifestyle is bending but not breaking. So I'm on the ship. It's been a big old wave today. That's okay. We've taken a bit of a left turn. I'm still going to train and I still know what I need to do in order to get to that goal. But what I'm not going to do is jump off the ship. I'm not going to be kamikaze off the plank into the ocean and sinking down. I'm going to stay on the ship. I'm just going to ban down the hatches until it, it goes past me. The storm passes. <sighs> and then you wake up tomorrow. The mechanic comes. Car is fixed. I get to the gym. Do my session. Feel bloody great. Know that I did my best yesterday. I'll do my best tomorrow. It's intuitive. Okay. However, also another thing to remember if you are a beginner and you're listening to this is that kind of like knowledge and connection to your body is something that might take a little bit of time and it might be a case of okay I know that where I want to be is an intuitive person who just enjoys fitness and one day does you know spin class with her mates the next she's running the next she's lifting the next she's doing handstands I want to get to that however in the very beginning of my journey I need to know who I am and I need to reconnect with my body and I need to know what my strengths are and I need to know what I enjoy so my advice to anyone listening who is a complete beginner is you are going to need a little bit more structure for example, in the very beginning of my journey with lifting weights, let's take, for example, I had upper body and lower body and full body. So I'd always do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Now, those were not strenuous workouts. I was not doing anything advanced. These were not things that were easily derailed or were things where it like, you know, we're not talking these crazy mileage or like mental powerlifting stuff. We're talking 30 minutes in my bedroom using a dumbbell. So those were things that I knew that I could do as non-negotiables three times a week. And as I learned to feel my body again, and anyone who has been obese will tell you it's a very strange feeling to have this sort of like self-actualization of yourself and reclaiming your body and your strength. You're like, oh my God, I do all these things. It's mental, like feeling your body again. But it's also all about trust and gaining trust in yourself. And until you have that trust, and this is such an important point, until you have that trust, which I think structure will give you, then you can start to live more intuitively. So if we look at my journey in chapters, I'm now in the chapter where I am advanced enough that I can sort of just ask myself what I need and know how to program that towards a goal. But in the beginning, it was very much, you know, I had to stick to something. And the same goes for, you know, a lot of different sports. It, if we're talking at the highest level of athleticism, bodybuilding or uh, I, I, I don't know much about sports, to be honest, that isn't running. But um, 
basketball I'm sure they have non-negotiable practice and things that they have to do footballers they have non-negotiable practice non-negotiable strength non-negotiable cardio that they do okay this I'm more talking about this and I'm speaking to people who just want to make a lifestyle change and they probably look at me and they're like how on earth do you do this and live like this and balance this all and this is how it's because I have a lifestyle that's very bendable for example at the moment um Oh God, I will have I will have moved by the time this podcast comes out. But it, in the house that we're in at the moment, we don't have a working kitchen, a proper kitchen, right? So we've been living off takeaway for a little while, um, which isn't great, and it's not something that I'm proud to admit. Uh, but it's just what we've had to do. Um, and like you know, I've been making jacket potatoes in the microwave, and I've been trying to get um, creative with it. But I have not had this feeling of feeling out of control because of that because I know that intuitively with my food and with my lifestyle that I'm just doing my best and that is absolutely fine you cannot be perfect all the time with food um or with exercise it's impossible so I think once you surrender to that and just say like I can't control everything I can't control everything release control and surrender to it I think the faster you will progress through this journey truly and it's taking it back to last week's episode, you know, developing that discipline in lockdown in order that has given me, you know, what I have now, uh, the discipline, which is freedom. And just like building trust with someone else, building trust in yourself, your relationship with yourself will take time. Like, Let's think about when you meet a new person, okay, or you get into a new relationship. Now, of course, I know that there are variables in this and some people are very trusting and some people are very not trusting. But let's just take the median trust level of a normal human being. When you meet someone for the first time, whether that's a new friend or a new boo, <laughs> boo, <laughs> a new uh, a new boyfriend or girlfriend, um, you know, you're going to be you're going to be you're going to be getting to know them. And you're going to be trying to figure out, can I trust this person? Is this person trustworthy? You're going to be looking for all of the little tells. You're going to be sharing your little secrets, sharing your little intimate moments, getting to know each other. And then they'll start they'll start showing up for you. They'll start showing you that their actions match their words and that they are trustworthy people. That relationship and that level of kind of knowing that person is the exact same with the relationship you have with yourself. So for me, for example, I don't trust myself whatsoever before at all. Like I had no trust in myself because I would say I'd do something and I wouldn't do it for myself. So I'd say, okay, Cassia, you know what? Tomorrow we're going to go for a walk. Wouldn't do it. You know what? Tonight we're going to go to the bar, but we're not going to have six tequila shots. Would not do it. <laughs> Absolutely would be having shots. You know, tomorrow we're not going to be hungover, was always hungover. So I had no trust in myself and I felt like I didn't know myself and I couldn't trust myself. So it was through developing that trust of like, oh, okay, you did the thing you said you'd do. Trusting you a little bit more now, trusting you a little bit more. And then eventually I gained enough trust that I could kind of release control a bit and let the kind of ship just go gently on the sea towards the goals that I have. And I think it's in knowing that that takes time and building trust really takes time that the real beauty of knowing yourself will come because we are all so different and we all love and want different things for ourselves. And it's really important to remember that, you know, just because my goal is 
doing a 250 miler through the desert like a psychopath <laughs> doesn't mean that that's everyone's goal. And But the one thing that will link us in our goals is the trust that we have in ourselves that we will be able to do it. And I think that's something that is not spoken enough uh, spoken about enough in fitness is, you know, knowing that you're going to go through with what you tell yourself you will, you know, going to bed at night and saying, you've got a busy day. I'm sorry, kid, but you're going to get have to get up at five to get to the gym for six before work. Uh, and then when you do it, yeah, OK, it might suck a bit. I actually find it exciting getting up early. I always pretend that it's like Christmas morning or I'm going to the airport because I'm really excited for those. But I'm actually just going to the gym. <laughs> just trick my brain um but the minute that you do that and you develop that trust the next day you do it you're gonna be like I think you might actually do this and you do it the next day you wake up early you do it it's the same thing with going for a run you go for a run you actually do it you trust yourself a little bit more you're building up oh god she's following through she's following through because your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you will ever have you are your oldest friend and you should know yourself okay there's a big thing here as well in learning to be slightly selfish um and I know this is an issue because I speak to a lot of clients about this sort of stuff of like giving all of your time and energy to fixing other people and helping other people and ha like reclaiming that and saying like actually this is something I want for myself and I need an hour a day I need an hour a day for it and I'm going to do it and I think that's a big thing. And that's where communication will come in with people as well. Like bringing it back to intuitive training, for example, you know, obviously the sport that I do now and the training block I just had for an ultramarathon means my lifestyle is completely different to the Cassia who was completely available 24 seven to go to the pub. I'm now not very available to go to the pub. But with communication with my mates and sitting them down and like, they're my friends, man, they're going to understand. And some of them don't and we're not friends anymore. And that's fine. But, you know, people grow and change. Um, but the ones that do, I've sat them down and I've said, you know what? Look, I have this crazy dream and I don't need you to understand why I'm doing it. But I need you to understand that it makes me really happy and it makes me a better person. And I'm going to be going after it. And I'm communicating that to you. However... I know that if you, you know, you should still know if you ever need me or if there's ever an event that you need me to be at, my training can be bended and it can be intuitive and I will come to that when you need me. So it's about communication and balance with your mates as well with any of these journeys, because I think that's the hardest thing is being in a friend group or, or feeling trapped in company that doesn't want the same th things as you. And there's a period that can be very lonely kind of while you're on the journey, the friend group that you have feels almost like they're losing you. And there's a lot of grieving involved and there's a lot of resistance to change and habits being built. And before you kind of arrive at your new self or your, I don't know if it's your ideal self, but your true self and you find new people that align with you, um, that's a really lonely period and I think it's in those periods where you can build the best and most steadfast uh, trust in yourself in order to then allow yourself more freedom later on and the same thing can go with food uh, and I'm not going to talk about food so much because I'm just not qualified um, but my journey with you know weight loss and intuitive eating through you know losing weight through intuitive eating has just been all about 
learning and learning to love food and cooking and cooking with real ingredients you know I think my diet's very Mediterranean um I really love fresh food and I love like good pastas and pizzas and I know what carbs do in the body and fats and proteins and you know I I really have a lovely understanding and it took therapy and it took a lot of time to understand my fullness cues to understand when I'm actually hungry or I was just bored or stressed or you know that's okay that's a trigger that's a pattern how am I breaking this why am I I'm going to respond differently so gosh it's so layered and in fact I think I will have a dietitian on and and discuss this with them because I just I really don't want to be giving out advice that I shouldn't be giving out but the one thing I will say is that my weight loss journey even though it took a lot longer the fact that it was intuitive <clears throat> and the fact that it didn't create any fear foods um and it was all about learning my body's natural hunger and fullness cues and knowing that some days I'll be much hungrier and some days I won't and that's also fine um it, you know even back in the day like before I started running it there were days around my period or days where I had done more activity where I was hungrier and I would honor that hunger by eating and then days where I wasn't as hungry and um that was okay not to not to eat as well and I think this sort of idea that one diet fits all is really silly and we all need different things um and we all have different foods that we love especially like culturally that's a big one and that's why I think uh, like what I eat in the day videos or the sort of like diet advice you see online can often be so flawed um, because we have so many different things about us, layers and layers and layers of history and culture and likes and loves and dislikes in nutrition that should be honored when you eat food. Um, you know, I <laughs> like my family, uh, my aunt is an amazing chef and she went to Sicily and lived in Sicily for a long time and was a chef there and she's amazing and all of her food is pasta she's like the expert at pasta so pasta has always been a big thing of mine and something you know to this day like I make the most delicious pasta and it's my fiance's favorite meals that I make and that's always been something that I've loved again I'm also Scottish and we have something called Burns Night where we have haggis neeps and tatties that's a big thing for me that tastes like home for me which I know sounds you know haggis but it is a real thing and we do actually eat it um that's something that like you probably wouldn't see on a fitness influencers page. However, culturally, that means so much to me and should never be excluded from my diet because it brings me so much joy. Same goes for pasta and pizza or whatever else it is. It's learning that you can have all of these things living in that mindset of like, it's okay, you know? But of course, if we're talking, you know, from someone who comes from a binge eating background, that took a lot of therapy and a lot of time and a lot of mistakes and trying again for me to get to a place where it is balanced. But I think feeling fear or rigidness, rigidness around food is often what uh, what causes people to fail. Uh, because again, if you're thinking of the boat on the ocean and the choppy waves, there's going to be days where you really, really want McDonald's, man. And let me tell you, more often than not, it's so much better to just have a wee bit of what you want and be able to enjoy it and move on with your day and get back to your, you know, good, whole, nourishing nutrition's nutrition afterwards. Um, so that's kind of my little spiel on intuitive training and intuitive eating and you know, I hope there's some good tools in there for you to learn, uh, you know, 
trust in yourself, learn that first, have your non-negotiable set, but allow the waves of life to take you through towards your goal without breaking, but just bending and knowing that it's never going to be perfect and you're allowed to change and grow and you're allowed to skip sessions and add sessions and try new things. And, you know, it should just be a, a really big, lovely, joyful thing. And it should really just add to your life it should never overtake it fitness and nutrition should never overtake your life like it's something that should just complement it and make everything else easier um and that's what it does for me and of course my running has become an adventure and you know it's a hobby that's it's quite I don't know if it's extreme but it's definitely uh abnormal I'd say I don't think many people I know want to do destination ultramarathons but it's something I've fallen in love with but the day-to-day Cassio who you know is just full-time coach and has a sedentary job and has lots of different things going on there are days where I I can't train or like Cowboy had to go to the vet the other day and I I'm so attached to him and I get so panicky that like I felt I didn't want to move that day I just wanted to be with Cowboy and I was and I was just with Cowboy and that's fine so you know, the idea of this rigidness within fitness and nutrition, I think often can be, um, it just sucks the joy out of life. And um, I often think it can be harder to stick to. So having some movement in your life uh, and really learning to trust and listen and check in with yourself. What do I want today? It's okay to like ask yourself what you want and 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 honor that, you know, like, you know, my mum used to make this dish and it really reminds me of home and I really just want something that feels at like home today have it, make it, eat it, like, God, life is not, it should not all be about just the same bland, bloody protein oats, avocado toast, whatever, like, it, it, there's so many things that make us love what we love, and make us into, like, the fabric of the beings that we are, and we should enjoy it, and, you know, for example, me, like, I'm trying martial arts now, and I lift weights and I run and I'd actually really love to try ballet which I know everyone's probably gonna laugh at because I am not a graceful person but I'm gonna just do it because I feel like that's a form of movement that I'd love to try so hopefully that'll fit in with all my intuitiveness and I can just go through life you know really just enjoying it and grasping life and you know going head first into it so if you're ever feeling stressed I want you to think you know maybe close your eyes and imagine that you're on that boat Um, and that you're on the ocean and you can see your goal as an island and I want you to imagine that the waves are just gently bobbing you along and sometimes it feels like a storm and sometimes it feels really still but both are to be honoured in your journey as you go towards your goals so bend don't break guys all right we're going to talk about some quick fire myths some myth busting in the fitness industry just some things that have really been irking me (laughs) um I've just I've only got three so it's just quite brief and then we'll have a poem and then we'll leave it there. But um, myth one, certain exercises burn fat. One of the most common questions I'm asked usually sounds like this. How do I lose weight or fat on my arms, back, tummy? That's my, in inverted commas, problem area. I don't think there's anything such thing as problem areas. I just think there is your ancestral heritage of where, of why your body looks the way it does. And it's beautiful because of that. Um, my family, for example, the women, we all got very short, strong legs and I spent, uh, most of my teenage life hating it. And now I look at my mum and my aunt and the other women in my family, I think, yeah, we're really like strong, 
you know, strong legs, beautiful strong legs. And I, I wish I'd realized that sooner. So it's not your problem area. It's just something that you'd like to change. And that's okay as long as you're changing it from a place of, you know, feeling okay about that and not feeling bad about it. So you can't spot reduce fat. Uh, you can't target with certain exercises. Uh, you can't choose where you lose fat from. It's down to our genetics where we store and we lose fat. So even though you can build muscle in certain areas, you know, I can't do a bicep curl and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be losing weight from my bicep. <laughs> I'm going to be building muscle. But when you lose weight, it's overall. So the next time you see some workout on social media claiming to burn belly fat or get rid of love handles, just know that scientifically that's a load of bullshit. Annoying, I know. So how do we lose weight uh, from those areas? So obviously we need a calorie deficit, um, either more energy expended or less energy ingested in simple terms, moving more or eating a wee bit less sensibly and slowly uh, than you're burning. So <clears throat> this again can be tied into the intuitive thing because if you're building a lifestyle around you where you're feeling like you're loving the movement and you're really liking foods that nourish you and it feels really nice and it feels really positive adhering to this sort of lifestyle will naturally result in weight loss and it might take longer this is the thing and I know no one wants to hear this but it probably will take a lot longer but that relationship with food and the habits that you built will be there for life for life and let me tell you the journey it's the fun part. I know I sound like a broken record, but I promise you, it really is the fun part. And I know looking at all of these people who seem to have arrived at their destination, really and truly life and the joys of life, you know, you're allowed to have them now. Like you have permission to be happy and enjoy yourself now. You don't have to wait until you are, you know, a finished product, which doesn't even exist anyway. Like you can just enjoy it now. So myth two, certain food groups cause weight gain. No, eating carbs will not make you gain fat. Eating fat will not make you gain fat. The overconsumption of any food group or type over time is what causes weight gain. And by this logic, cutting them out entirely will also not necessarily make you lose weight. Carbs are the building blocks for our body's energy sources. They are essential to our everyday function. Carbs reduce muscle breakdown and provide glucose as energy for the brain. We need them. In carbs, we trust. As a runner, in carbs, we trust. <laughs> Fat supports cell growth, provides energy to the body, and also plays an important role in nerve impulse transmission. We need it to function. The saying goes, everything in moderation, and this is true, a balanced diet of all food groups within a sensible, within a sensible deficit, including the things that you love to eat, has been proven time and time again to be the most effective way to lose weight and keep it off. And hey, what would life be without bread and ice cream? Very true. Myth three, our final myth. Fad diets help you lose weight. So diets, basically. Throughout my long journey, I have learned so much about what works and what does not work when it comes to weight loss. And the main one being that any diet that is too restrictive, promises fast results or centers around cutting out a food group entirely does not work. And I'm not talking so much about keto here because I know that there are arguments and certain uh, medical reasons why people do cut out food groups. So I just want to make it really clear that if you have been advised to do so or it works for you, I'm not saying it's a bad thing for you. This is just, you know, the people, the fear mongering around carbohydrates or fats that we see in the media. 
or it will work and because it's just not realistic to follow in a normal happy life inevitably one will fall off and gain back even more when returning to normal eating crash dieting basically I cannot stress enough the importance of enjoying your weight loss journey. It is so important to create healthy habits that you actually like engaging in in order to make a lifestyle change that will get you to the goals you want and keep you there without the grueling misery of crazy low calories or cutting out everything that you love to eat. I know it's hard to have patience and I know it's hard to accept these journeys take time, but try to find the beauty in the little acts of self-love that you are making by feeding yourself well or nailing that step goal or starting that run. I don't care what it looks like for you, could be walking with your mum a few times a week, joining a running club, picking up boxing, or maybe having the courage to walk into the weight sections of the gym for the first time. Every step, every part of the journey is worth celebrating. Just have patience and learn to love the little wins. You'll get there much faster if you do. All right, so we're going to end on a poem. And this is a lovely poem. Lovely, lovely poem. This was a submission from one of the listeners. So thank you guys. Keep them coming. Keep keep DMing me on Instagram. Um, I love to hear them. So this is by Erin, Erin Hannon. Uh, and it's called You Are Your Home. If there's one thing I may tell you, let it be. You are your home. Your body is the only house that you will ever truly own. Maybe it's got some broken windows and there are tear stains on the floor. Maybe you lock the things you wish you weren't behind its many doors. But there is wisdom in its bookshelves and a laugh to light the rooms. There's a vase upon the table where the love you've grown all blooms. Dreams sit next to the mantelpiece, next to kindness and your trust. Where you use them all so often, they have no time to collect dust. So please don't look at mansions with that envy in your eyes. There's more that makes a home than its appearance or its size. Your body is a shelter, so you deserve to love it all. Don't let the world stand round outside and tell you how to paint your walls. How lucky that you have somewhere to protect you from the night. And if there's cracks left from the past, well, then they'll just let in more light. God, the first time I read it, it really choked me up. And it's, yeah, that's a really, that's a lovely poem. So I, uh, I'll leave it there. I thank you all so much for listening. Um, as always, it's such a pleasure. Uh, let me know what you thought of this episode. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'm all ears. Um, I'll chew your ear off about anything at this point. So <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, talk to you next week. <laughs>